It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Here we are, everybody, on a Thursday morning. Jason Lloyd back in today. He was here Tuesday. Tyvis was in yesterday. Jason Jason, and Mikey McNuggets got together on getting dressed today. We wore the same they shirt. They coordinated, same shirt. There you go. There's mine's, Mikey. Mine's a, little, it happens. mine's a little bigger than his. Well, all right. That's all right. I mean, he's skinny as a rail, so no, I know. everybody would be bigger than that. He's, he's a schmedium. Yeah. I'm an extra large. I don't even know. Oh, come on, schmedium. guys. It's too early for that. I don't mean it like that. What'd they say? I let it go. You can't say anything remotely in the I work with children. This is I work with children. That was Director Steve. Honestly, that was Director Steve. That's fire. Jason, you should it's see a little how long weird that a show, a, a show that on most days has seven men working <laughs> on it. Uh, and we all happen to be straight, uh, is the horniest show in America. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's how it is sometimes. A lot to get to today, guys. Dr- Director Steve is sneaky. Yeah, he is. He, he, he's, he's, he's a I, sneaky comic. He's a dog. Director he, Steve, low-key, is a savage. I said yeah. he's got that sneaky Riz game the other day, and everyone yeah. said I was too old to use the word Riz. What is that? I don't even know it's, what that means. It's like, ga- it's like charisma. It's like when you got game. Like That's what the game, kids yeah. are saying now? Look at you. Yeah, of course. I told you, I got kids, man. I'm on TikTok. I got to make sure <laughs> I see what they're into. By the way, I had to take Instagram off my phone because I was, I was watching video after video. Oh, you can lose hours. 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 I was yeah. out of control. What kind of videos were in your algorithm? <laughs> well, it was mostly like girls in bikinis. <laughs> Um, but then I started getting political ones, and I was like, I don't understand why I'm getting political ones. Because if you watch one, your phone says, oh, he liked this. Even if you hate watch it, did, did yeah. you, did, it gives you more. Did you did you like some of these? No, I didn't like anything. I didn't, I didn't, didn't know how to like it. You didn't heart anything? No, no, I don't do that. Oh. It was all these dopey girls, like, saying stupid things. It was They were funny, but I was I couldn't stop using it. <laughs> yeah, it's It's addicting. TikTok's the same way. I can lose uh, hours on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We're going to Kirk Herbstreet. Do we agree with him? We'll talk about that later. Uh, we're going to obviously talk about the Browns today, as we always do. Guardians talk later. Another awful game against the White Sox. And Cecil Shorts finally making his ultimate Cleveland Sports Show debut. Uh, the former NFL player will join us at, e- what, 11.35, I believe? Give or take, 11.35, yeah. Okay. But first, we'll start with it's been a weird 24 hour, uh, 36 hours or so for me. My fortunes have changed. One for the good, Little League, one okay. for the bad. I've finally gone cold with my baseball picks. I went 0 for 2 for the first time ever, and I've dropped 3 out of 4. I'm in a slump. I'm in my first slump of the year. It is your first slump of the year. We'll tell everybody the good news in a sec, but yeah. first, let's remind the good people out there where they should be betting if they're riding with you on Bulls Bet of the Day. And that sportsbook is Bet Rivers. It is the best place to be for every single game, and right now is the perfect time 
to join Bet River Sportsbook. When you use deposit code SPORTS, you receive a second chance bet up to $500. You can get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball, baseball, and hockey. To help you win big, check them out at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. All right, there you go. And uh, again, check out my podcast that I put out yesterday, an interview with Stacey King, former NBA player. Mm. It was really, we had a lot of fun. And we talked about more than just basketball. We talked about food. We talk, he, he told me about this experience in China where he uh, almost ate something that was still living in his food. Uh, so it was, it was fascinating stuff with, with Stacey King, three-time NBA champion. So yesterday, again, I went 0-2. I apologize to all of you who have been with me. I hit the skids yesterday. I lost with the Brewers against the Cardinals, and I lost with the Twins against the Dodgers. Twins had a 3-2 lead in the seventh, and then I think the Dodgers scored like six runs in the seventh inning. Uh, my one bet today, let's see it, Mikey. There we go. The Rays at the Mets today. They're calling up Taj Bradley. Uh, I love this kid, top prospect. He's been up and down a little bit, but now the Rays have had a ton of injuries to their rotation. It's amazing with all the injuries they've had. I think that – I don't want to derail everything. I yeah. think there's – something between the success that they have and the arm injuries that they have. It has to be. They, they have so, many, so injuries. many injuries. And yet everybody else, whoever they add to the rotation, just pitches well. It's just dominant. I don't know if it's the sliders and the way they're throwing pitches. There's something about what's going on. In, and Cleveland, too, by the way. Cleveland has a lot of arm injuries, yeah, too. Yeah, but not as much as the Rays. Not as much as the Rays. Yeah. There's something going on there with the way that they are instructing their pitchers and then the injuries that, that come from it. Right. Jeffrey Springs, who last year kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Had a great season, good start. He's gone for the year. Uh, um, Glasnow's been hurt a bunch. He's been hurt a lot. Uh, some one of their other stars is out for the year now too. Like uh, drawing a blank, I came in, it, it, and they just replace him. And this Taj Bradley's a good prospect. He's really good. Mets had a nice win yesterday, but I like Taj Bradley against. Uh, I forget. Who, I think it, I can't remember his pitcher for the Mets, but it's not you know Verlander or uh, Scherzer. They or, banged or, around Verlander the other day. They did. That's true. Uh, so there you go. That's the bet of the day. All right, and so good go ahead, news, Mike. Bull. Let's hear it. So the good news is, I, I've told the story about my little league team. You know, we, we at the beginning of the season they try to make the teams even, right? And the kid who was, you know, for the for my, the teams are made up of third and fourth graders, and for the fourth graders they're all graded by how they were last season. Well, my highest graded kid had to quit the team. He was going to be my number one pitcher and my number one hitter. Oof. In the one practice I had him for, he hit every pitch line drive to the outfield Oof. without an exception. And he was throwing bullets on the mound. Well, the kid, the dad signed him up for lacrosse. That was more, t- and I guess they paid a lot more for lacrosse than baseball. <laughs> so anyway, I lost my best kid. Uh, and uh, my second best kid was sick earlier this week. So we played, we played on Tuesday without him too. And we got smoked. We lost. We lost fifteen to nothing. The kids mm. played hard, but uh, we lost fifteen nothing. And in our first, we started zero and three on the season. It was a rough start. We got outscored uh, thirty four to six. It's Guardians like. Yeah, it was. It was rough. But last night, okay, we turned it around. So remember, we had scored six runs in our first three games, and in the top of the first last night, we put up a six spot. Wow! So we were going nuts. We put up a six spot, including my son getting his first hit of the year. Okay. Uh, he had an RBI single, so that was good. And so we get a six spot. They score two in the bottom of the first, so it's 6-2. My pitcher gets out of a bases loaded, nobody out jammed to keep it at 6-2. Second inning, we don't score. They tie it up in the bottom of the second. 
to make it 6-6. So I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, by the way, we got out of that second inning only because the kid who got the last hit to tie the game for them took a, too far a turn off of first, and we tagged him oh, out. Oh, yeah. All right, so it's 6-6, third inning, top of the third. We score four runs, take a 10-6 lead. Bottom of the third, they score five runs, take an 11-10 lead. We start the fourth inning. The umpire says this is going to be the last inning. It was getting dark, you know. Yep. You usually play. It's funny. Last year we said some games that were three innings, which is ridiculous. Most of the games now are four or five innings, whatever. So top of the fourth, we come up, and uh, we get runners at second and third. Nobody out. We're down 11-10. Uh, we strike out, so it's second and third, one out. My next batter gets a base hit, run scores, ties it at 11. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a strikeout, then a walk. So we had the bases loaded. We're down 11-10. Um, next kid gets a base hit. My runner on third scores. The kid at second, I send him home. All right? He gets thrown out at the – it's 11-11. He gets thrown out at the plate on a bang-bang play. The catcher on their team throws it to third to try to get my kid who was on first out at third, throws it into the outfield. He scores. Oh, man. We take mm. a 12-11 lead. We don't score anymore. So we go to the bottom of the fourth. And in Little League, we already given up 11 runs. We, we're 0-3. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way we're holding on. It's the bottom of the fourth. We're da- the odds of us having a scoreless inning in the, in, the, in the field is almost nil. So this kid who I brought in to relieve, who's now my second best pitcher, I say, he's a big kid. I said, Ben, can you get me three outs here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're begging and bartering like this. And ben, hey, I need this. I've had this kid Ben before. I, I coached him in Pee Wee ball. He's a sweet kid, big kid. He's the big like my my. You guys know my son's big from fourth grade, mm-hmm. but this kid Ben is like my son's like a younger. He was fourth the grader. biggest kid at practice. This kid yeah. Ben, yeah, he's, he's huge. All right, but he's he's kind of a chill kid. He's not you know he's not a high energy kid. So I'm trying to get him fired up, and I'm like Ben, can you get me three outs? He's like. I got it. And I was like, whoa. Wow. He's confident. So he goes out there. First batter. It's a ground ball to first base. You know, it's all an adventure. My first baseman grabs it, steps on the bag. I'm like, okay, here we go. Second batter. Ground ball, sharp ground ball, right back up the middle. The pitcher gets it, throws the first two outs. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Next batter, two balls, two strikes. My kids are on the field screaming, jumping up and down. I'm like, stay calm. The game's not over. The game's not over. <laughs> two, two, he, he, ball three, ball four, walks the batter with two outs. Oh, Lord, this is, this is high. <laughs> so runner on first, two outs, 12-11. You can barely see at this point. It's getting so dark. And two, two pitch, strikes him out. Ball wow. game is over. Actually strikes her out. The only girl in the league was the was the last batter, but Ben got the save. And and so Ben uh nailed it down. Did you get ice cream or pizza? Woo! 
what, what, what no, they just got candy at the concession stand. Man, listen, you that you got candy. Back in the day, I feel like I feel like we we did well, it. Well, I took we, we took the whole team out for lunch right before the season. Oh, okay, uh, and we'll do something at the end of the season. But you uh, don't do ice cream post game. You don't. I, it's either ice cream oh, or pizza, bro. It yeah. was nine o'clock. I, hey, we, we don't it's care. School that was night. school night. Yeah. Uh, nah, they, <laughs> yeah. they would have gone to stay up. We, we got go. That win. We go two or three times probably throughout the once year the after se- big once games. Once school's over, we'll do we do an ice cream yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I, it's I'm not, hard. It's nine o'clock on a school yeah, night. Yeah, that's hard. We we can't go, but but I'm so proud of these boys. They did. They're a great bunch of kids, and they played their asses off, and they didn't get down after getting crushed in their first three games. And so I was really excited that we got the win. There you go, Mike. Go ahead. Congratulations, Bull and the yes. Rocky River Little League team. We're gonna get into our first topic of the day. Yeah. And whenever we talk Browns, it is brought to us especially on Thursdays by Lorain County Community College. Check them out. Your classes, your future. Register now for summer and fall classes. Learn more at LorraineCCC.edu to learn more. So, last True or week, false, one of the members of this panel lives in Lorain County. True. Ooh. Jason. That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. I went to LCC. We talked about that. Yeah. He did. I, did. I didn't know I if my, Mike was going to remember that, though. Yeah. I got All right. So, last week, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football. Yeah. Who we are... Actively working on getting on the show, by the way. We like Kyle Bray. Good guy. He released his AFC quarterback tiers. Yeah, he did. Seven tiers, and I think overall, he did a relatively good job. I think there's some we could argue with, good and bad, but he did his best, and although he's not perfect, I don't think there's too many major qualms. So we're going to go through these, see where Watson falls, and look at how we view Watson for the upcoming season as opposed to how a lot of the national media views Deshaun Watson for the upcoming season and see if you think how Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football ranked him fits in with where you would rank him on these tiers. So, Steve, we're going to run through. We have seven tiers. By the way, the worst the worst ranking on this is definitely not Deshaun Watson. It is not. It's someone in tier six with very long Correct. hair who we'll talk about when we Blew get Blew my mind when I saw I, that I agree. Yeah. Tier one, by the way, simply Patrick Mahomes. There's no debate. No debate. He belongs on his own tier. Tier two, Steve. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Don't think there's a lot of debate as of right now with where Deshaun Watson stands you, on who else. Do you could guys be in that think category. anybody else belongs on tier two in the AFC with Burrow and Allen? Herbert? No. I don't know. They haven't done anything. No. Herbert hasn't won a playoff game. I think he's as talented as those guys, but I agree. You, you have to have at least one playoff win at this point. Agreed. So right. I think this is this is right at this point. Tier three. Is the aforementioned Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers? Any qualms? Or do you want to see tier four first and then see where you could maybe bump a guy up? I I think you can argue Rodgers is too high, given last year. It's it's the only it's, it's the only it's the only guy that I look at it and I kind of it's a little bit of cringe. I'm like mm. I, I'm kind of torn on Aaron Rodgers because. Before last year, and I know he's old, so it might just be he's done. But before last year, he had won two MVPs in a row. Correct. And last year, he was bad. And I wonder, is this the end? Right. Or is this – remember Tom Brady's last year in New England? He he looked like he was going down. And then his first two years in Tampa Bay, he was great again. Yeah. Is this the same thing where the talent kind of went down in Green Bay? It could have been where he was sour about the situation he was in. Right. Kind of rejuvenated with the new location. Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. But I just think – Based on last year, I think going to New York is going to be volatile for him. If he gets off to a bad start, he can't control yeah. the market like he could in Green Bay. Yeah. 
And and I think that and there are guys who don't do well in New York who don't handle That's just correct. the New York pressure that comes with playing there. Could you have a bigger difference in Green Bay in media? Green Bay, and I know Milwaukee, but still Green Bay uh, to to New York to New York, media. especially the Jets because the Jets, the Giants. It's a little different because they've mostly been a successful franchise, whereas the Jets have been such a cluster, yeah. you know, for so we'll, long. We will actually talk about that. It's kind yeah. of like leading into a conversation, like the Cleveland media or the Cleveland fan base. Like, you know, people sometimes give the Cleveland media, and they say, "Yo, Cleveland media is really, really negative. Why don't you guys just be positive?" I mean, that's a- and then you know when you go to yeah. other when you go to other cities like you look at New York or Boston or some of those even Philly. Dallas Philly yeah like, much tougher on their these dudes not even close these dudes don't care nothing about no. none of that they no. like they they got and they actually have papers still <laughs> like right. they actually have columns where you yeah. get papers on the front step yeah, and they yeah. read them yeah. so we will yeah. get to that I promise yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that so let's go through the rest of the tiers real okay, quick yeah. just so can... everyone knows with the full context here tier 4 is Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I kind of get why he puts them together because they were guys who had been really good, yep. who both had really bad years last year. Now, Russell Wilson's a lot older than Watson. I think most of us would agree, or at least certainly hope, that Deshaun Watson is, is more likely to bounce back than Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't think they belong in the same tier. I think I, think, I don't either, but I understand why he put them together. I, I totally get why he did it. Yeah. I, I, I think... I think uh, I think Deshaun Watson is a lot better than Russell Wilson at this point, but it's Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, so yeah. it looks like he's going to get that that benefit of the doubt. That's why he threw him on that list. I, I kind of would have had Herbert and Jackson at three, and then Watson and Rogers at four. I agree. Together. I, I would put Watson and Rogers together, yeah. and I'd put Russell below him. Yeah, right. I, I don't got to prove. All right, we're going to run through yeah. the last yeah. three, okay, and then we will discuss the rest because tier five is simply. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, yeah. I have no idea what that I tier is, but it was Kyle Brandt's rankings. Tier six, a couple guys. Trevor Lawrence, which both me and you alluded I mean, to. I don't know how he's in tier six with Tua, Mac Jones, and Kenny Pickett. And before we discuss tier seven of the rookie quarterbacks, yeah. CJ Stroud, Bill Levis, guys. and Anthony Richardson. You can take tag board, okay. Steve, for the full view of the seven tiers of Kyle Here's Brandt's what I don't understand. rankings. Did he, did he have a stroke before he put Trevor Lawrence on tier six? He got roasted on air by his co-host for that. What did decision. he say? What was his argument for that? He said that he had to. That he hasn't done it long enough. It, like, it, was, it was not like I said. We like Kyle. Yeah. I disagreed with his premise that he wasn't great for half the season. He still had to shake off the Urban Meyer rust. He played a little better later, but needed a miracle second half to beat the Chargers in the playoffs game after a hurry. Well, he got game. Okay, but he beat him. So, but he like, still beat him. Like, he, he, don't, he, I mean, don't look at me. It's not my argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, I, I, I saw Bull's face I, like he was ready to rip my head off. I, no, I get it, but I, I hate that argument. Well, yeah. you needed – well, you know, you came out to score four points in, in the first half, but you needed a 50-point a eruption in the second half. That I got 54 points. What are you yeah, talking yeah. about? It don't matter when I got it. Let, <laughs> let me ask you this. If you were starting an NFL team right now, and obviously age is a fact, after Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and I'll say Herbert for, I personally would take Trevor Lawrence over any other quarterback in the league. I'd take him ahead of Lamar. I'd take him ahead of Watson. I'd take him certainly ahead of Rodgers, who's old. Certainly all the guys on that tier, Mac Jones, Kenny Jimmy G. Tua. What did you say? Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Yeah, the Jimmy G at five by itself is weird. 
Would you? It, how about you guys? Do you think I'm nuts? You agree? What do, what do you say? It's debatable. I, I say Trevor Lawrence. If I'm starting a team for if if you did if they took every player right now in the NFL and said you're all going back in the draft and we're starting from scratch. To me, the first five picks would be Mahomes one, Allen Burrow two and three, Herbert four, and then Trevor Lawrence would go five. That's that's my thought. Uh, forget contracts forget uh, contracts it, but you obviously factor in age but I, I'd factor so, some people would take Lamar Jackson over Trevor Lawrence I think some people would probably take I, I'm sure Cam in Canada would take Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence some people would take Deshaun yeah. Watson I still don't know who this guy is you keep talking about yeah, him no. uh, he, he, who are you taking Lamar uh, Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence you're starting these, a team forget the salary arguments. I hate these arguments Come on. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Lawrence is in, the, in, is in that debate. He's yeah. in that discussion for, Who you for taking, which one. G? No salaries. For Trevor Lawrence. Watson, Lawrence, or Jackson. Starting a franchise. Mm. I guess I would take Lawrence over Watson. I think it's close. I, I, think, I think Deshaun can get back to what we saw. I think those three guys mm. would be the, the group, the next group of three. Yeah. For this, for his tiers, Rodgers, I get it too. You know, but Rodgers is old, so if you're starting a team. But. I, I think they're very even. But, you know, listen, I'll say this. I see, I see, look, I've seen more from Deshaun Watson than I've seen of Trevor Lawrence. So, I'll, I'll take Deshaun Watson. All right. Hey, listen, that's fine. I, I think, you know, the, the point is Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be in Team yes, 6. Point, that's ridiculous. Point being, he should not be below Jimmy no. Garoppolo. I, for me, guys, the, I would have I, – I think Mahomes is Tier 1. I think Tier 2 is – um, is Burrow and Allen. I think tier three to me right now would be probably Herbert and Lamar. And because Lamar has done it more and, and, you know, and then tier four to me would be Lawrence Watson and Rogers, even though Watson's coming off a bad year. Same for Rogers is this and, just, and Lawrence just because he hasn't done it long enough. And then everybody else who gives this, it this is just AFC, just AFC, yeah. just AFC. Yeah. The AFC has got all the good quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, who, the the best quarterback in the NFC is Jalen Hurts. After, who's the second best quarterback in the NFC? Dak, Kirk Cousins, Dak, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. If you're looking at money, oh, stop it, <laughs> Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't pick him up if I was playing flat. The AFC also. outside of Jalen Hurts has got all the good quarterbacks. Yeah, actually, actually, Daniel Jones is kind of fast. He might be good at flag football. Yeah, he will he, be good at flag football. He is a good athlete. Yeah, he's a real good athlete. Yeah. So, Bo, I got a question for you you guys. Yeah. We all expect, and we've talked about it many times, Deshaun Watson to get back to Houston-level Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Based on projections of where we think he will be at the end of this season yeah. and the next few, he's certainly not tier four. He's higher. Yeah. Do you think the media outside of Cleveland, and this is not the negative conversation we'll talk about with Juan Thornhill in a little bit, but the national media, media outside of Cleveland, isn't as – confident that he can return to that form as we are within the city oh I think that's obvious I mean I I think the I think the majority of people outside of Cleveland think Deshaun Watson's never going to be great again I agree I think that there's a fear to root for him to be great again right that's yep. part of it that, that's that, another thing Jason's too. 100% right and I, think, I think that there's a punishment on yes. all of these lists and everything 100% and he's gonna get docked regardless. it's like they want him to be bad well, yeah, right? I, yeah. I mean, I you don't want to you don't want after everything that he's been through, you don't want to be the one to put him in tier two. 
for right. tier three. You know what I mean? That's right. Yes. So until he earns it himself, no one's going to just automatically. Right. He does. At the moment, he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't. Correct. He didn't play two years ago, and he played poorly last year. So he doesn't deserve benefit of the doubt at the moment. Uh, and yes, there is this. A lot of national guys are like, well, uh, you know, I don't want to say Sean Watson's going to be good. Right. And I don't want him to be good. Some people don't want him to be good. Correct. That's so fair. they're going to say he's not going to be good. Um, and, and that factors into these ra- – and, and ultimately these rankings and ratings are It doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's just something to talk about. So if you're – like, you got to learn like this, man. If you're a national dude, right? So we, lo- we local. You know what I'm saying? So locally, you know what I'm saying, you got a different bubble than you got with the national dude. So the national dudes, think of it this way. You're coming up with a list. Like – you just don't want no problems. You can go down your list and your tier list. You don't want to. They're thinking like, why would I put Deshaun Watson on tier two, so some idiot can get on my timeline right. and be like, you, 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 you know, you love guys that are, you, you always do pick the guys who, who are, uh, you know, have been, you know, charged or allegedly sexual assaulted. Right, right. They don't need the hassle. So no, they don't want it. They in just, fairness, he doesn't belong on tier two, just like we said with Justin Herbert. He hasn't won anything. But yeah, tier. But here's some of them. Yeah. They got him on tier ten. Like when you talk about, like they'll say Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns offensive roster. I got the Browns twenty fifth. You're like. The Browns' offensive roster is not 25th. Yeah, no. like you just don't. You're not sold on Deshaun. Well, they were Watson. better than that last year. Yeah, like I mean, the Browns ended up middle of the road in offense last year with Jacoby Brissett playing 11 games and Deshaun Watson being terrible, and they were still middle of the road offensively. So he's they're gonna, obviously not a bad offense. He's gonna have to over earn it. Like he's but gonna have yeah. to. Like, and my thing is, even if he, even if he comes, if he throws for 5,200 yards, and th- they're not going to make him the MVP. I've always said, I already said that. No, he's not winning the MVP next year. It's like LeBron's first year in yeah, Miami. It like, doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what right. he no, does. He has no chance of winning the MVP. You know what? If he throws for 5,200 yards, do you give a crap whether he wins the MVP? No, or? no, but I'm just saying. I don't. It doesn't we're, matter we're what just, he's doing. He yeah, ain't winning the MVP. We just let you know how it's going to yeah, pop yeah, yeah. out. Because here's the thing. A lot of fans are going to be like, why Why are we not getting the credit? And that's the thing that, that happens. Because oh, God, yeah. It, it's because Deshaun Watson, it, by de facto, like people want to admit it or not, he's the quarterback. The, the Browns are Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So when he doesn't get awards, they feel like you're shading us. You, you're you not showing us love. You know, it's the whole team you shade. And it's and it's just, it's human nature, right? Like it's part of the thing, right? If he balls. worry like, about that sh- that stuff too much. As, I, you know, I as, agree. I, I mean, he was terrible. Last year. I just want to see him play well and put up big numbers. I don't care. Let win. Let's win. Let's play great. Who cares if he wins the MVP? If he plays well enough to be in that conversation, then the Browns are going to win a boatload of games. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And winning, winning changes a lot of stuff. Yeah. I rem- I w- I'm old enough to remember when LeBron was a villain for a couple years, wearing a black mask in, in Miami and yeah. trying to play the villain role. That Now that, that looks like I can't even remember that. Like so. Yeah, it's funny because in L.A. he didn't become a villain. He didn't become a villain, but he was not embraced. He still isn't embraced out there. No, but he's not in LA. Yeah, but Jason, he's not. When he was in Miami, he was a villain across the country. Yes. yes. In LA, he's not. You're. I mean, you know better than me that he's not embraced there. But he's not like we don't. The national narrative is not he's a villain. Anymore. LA fans are idiots. They they give him the whole you'll never be Kobe. You're not Kobe. It's like okay. Well, I, I think I think this postseason is starting to turn that. I think yeah. this postseason run is turning some. If, if he wins fans. a championship this year, I think he'll 
he'll be looked he'll at. He'll be accepted, but he'll never yeah. be beloved in L.A. No, like he but is he's not, here. I mean, you can't. That's not was, a fair. You is, know, Magic and still, Kobe played their whole careers there. Right. You know, they're Lakers. Right. It's you just, know, he's a Laker at the end. Right. And he'll admit it. He got his documentary rolling. Like when it's all said and done, he'll yeah. realize. He'll say, you know, out of all the places I've been, the energy is different in Cleveland. But he's been in L.A. longer than he was here the second time. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Wait a second. This is his fifth year. This is his fifth year there? 18, 19, 21, 22. Actually, sixth. What? No, fifth, fifth, fifth. No, it's only he was fifth. only here four. He was only here four. The second I know, time I know around. that, but I can't believe it. Yeah, it he's been in LA longer than he was in but... Cleveland the second time around. Wow, that's crazy. All right, Mikey. We all lost Super years Jets. off our life we during did. COVID, and like yeah. nothing, time right. doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. True. We got three super chats yeah. as we uh, wait here for Cecil Shorts to join us. And whenever we read super chats, they're brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well. PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. This first question applies to the conversation at hand, and it comes from Professor Chaos. Ooh. Do you guys think Deshaun this year will be better than 2020 Baker Mayfield? He better be. Yeah. 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 2020 Baker Mayfield wasn't that good. He was good, I mean, he was but good, he wasn't. But not, he wasn't special. No. That was, it was a lot of captain check down in that. Like, G. Bush is talking about MVP conversation. <laughs> Baker Mayfield wasn't any. No. I'm, listen. Eddie, you would have been laughing. Is he a pro bowler? The, the expectation is 4,800. No. 4,800, 39 to 45 touchdowns. And under ten picks, that's what it is. What was Baker? What were Baker's numbers in twenty twenty? Like, give, give me that, one second. You know, they weren't crazy. He, I don't even think he threw four thousand yards. No, it's like thirty five hundred. I think he you had know? some good games, obviously. Yeah, especially down the stretch. He yeah. played really well. Took I'm, care I, of the ball. He played what compared to what Browns quarterbacks have been. It was the best season we'd seen. Yeah, but it, it wasn't was a pretty great good season. season. It's pretty good season. Go ahead. What's the number? Sixty three percent completion percentage. That's not good. 3,600 yards. Oh, 36, that's okay. 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that's good. The, the touchdown interception is pretty good, but yes. the rest of those numbers are not very good. I like, that's not, they're good, but they're not great. That's good. That's solid quarterback. Yeah. Solid yeah. quarterback. And he had big moments. Yeah. That, ba- that touchdown against the Bengals in the back and forth game. Yep. Baker did a good job that year, no doubt about it. But we're our expectations for Deshaun Watson are way higher than that. Obviously. Agreed. Obviously, if Deshaun Watson has those exact numbers, I'm concerned. I'm gonna be salty. Yeah. Uh, the touchdown to interception, I'd be, I could live with, with a few more touchdowns. See, if he's completing 63 percent of his passes and throwing for 3,600 yards, but there's that's a, not good. There's a, there's a wide range here between everybody's getting fired and G's got him in the MVP race. <laughs> there's a, there sure, is a sure, lot. Sure. Of yeah, it's a, it's a lot of nine and eight. If Watson, that gets you nine and if, eight, ten if and Watson seven, put up the like, Baker numbers. The Browns are contending for the playoffs, and nobody's getting fired. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, and and yeah, but that's like, that's the lowest end of what we could live like, with. Like, think. think about it. He baked, and there's one more game. Like, there's a whole yeah, other yeah, game. Yeah. He did that in what 16 games, and we gonna say we gonna take that in 17? No, yeah, no. I'm just saying, if you if 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 he puts up numbers comparable to that, and they're in the playoff races, the seventh yeah, seed. Yeah, I can't hate if they. Yeah, the it's not. We're not saying it's a disaster, yeah, right? yeah. but ultimately you want better than that, sure. especially the completion percentage and the yardage. 
Bull, how many seasons in Deshaun Watson's career has he thrown more than 26 touchdown passes? More than 26? Well, so Baker threw 26 in 2020. Yeah, probably only one, I think. I'd say two. G? Jason? Two. Maybe. I want to say. He only played three full seasons. Two. Two. He threw 33 in 2020, and he threw 26 twice in 2019-2018. How many games did he play those years? 16, 15, and 16. Okay. So essentially full seasons. What about the yards? Uh, More yards. He threw for 4,100 yards. In 2018, 38.50 in 2019, and a 4.800 in 2020. See, I need – listen, stop playing with me. And his completion percentage was at Way least 4.5% percent higher. Hey, look. That's a huge difference. Hey, let me this – is the, this is the clear example. If I started dating you, right, and you was working out in the past – but then you get with me and you just stop working out. I don't like that. Like, no, like you, if you can do that with Tom, what was Tom doing? Tom had you on a treadmill. You, you was a size two and two to four. Tom had you working out over. It. Now you yeah. get with G Bush and now it's like, oh, I could give you 3,500. No, you, so you want to be an eight when you with G Bush? No, no, I want what Tom had. That's why I poached you from Tom. That's why I was hating on Tom yeah. and I got you and now we're together and I want the same size two. As a se- and, and remember, Deshaun Watson put up those numbers with no running back. Zero. They never had a good running back in those three years. None. They had a great receiver for two of those three years. They had uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. The last year he had Brandon Cooks, I believe, who's uh, really this good. This is Quincy Carter. They had grocery boy bag boys <laughs> he was throwing to. He had target employees he was throwing to. His quarterback's coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had no offensive line. They didn't have a decent tight end. I mean, he's got way better. This is the best talent the Browns have had. This is the best talent Watson's had. All right, let's go. You got a couple more super chats? A couple more. We have two from Gus Johnson. The first. The announcer, Gus Johnson? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. I'm not, I cannot confirm nor deny, but the I can't first get says. Behind Gus Johnson. He screams too much. Mm. Wh- whoever sent that last super chat this? is definitely Jay's burner account. <laughs> Say again? I, I hear what you said, Mike. Uh, whoever sent that last super chat, that's definitely Jay's burner account. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would agree. I think Gus Johnson's right about that. That is Gus deep. also sent a super chat earlier in the show. Said it's time to fire Tito. The Guardians suck. Oh Jesus God. Come Evan. on now. Fire and then Tito. from Evan four one nine, he just said, I'm rich. I'm not quite sure the context of that. Okay. Super chat you, Evan. Rich. Congratulations. Yeah, Share the wealth, buddy. I like you know, that. we can use some more money over that's here. That's crazy. Uh by the way, the Guardians do suck right now. Mm-hmm. They suck. But Terry Francona has proven time and time again that he is an excellent manager, that his teams play better in the second half. Doesn't mean he's with, not without flaws. I question things he does. But Terry Francona will never be fired by the Guardians. No. no I, it, in my stomach, I just feel this. Like, I just feel it, it, ain't the, it, it ain't the year for him, boys. This ain't one of them. Um, I just think the Guardians, you know, too many, too many bad things happened. Too many things derailed them. And I, this just seems like one of those guardian years where you say, you know, they they won the they won the division in the last two out of three years, right? Next year they'll come out and win ninety eight games. This year, I, I just don't think it's, it's in still the cards. A long for way to go. I know. We'll talk about it more later. I, it's in my gut though. It's I still just feel like they're feeling. gonna win the division when it's all said and done. Jason, right now, Guardians win the division. <sighs> yeah. What are they five out now? Four and a half, I believe. I'll I mean, double been, check. They have really can't play any worse than they're playing. Right. And it's still only four and a half games out. Yeah. Now, that can they're, turn they're four games out. They're in third place, four games out. 
Zach Meisel just tweeted this, the pitching yeah. matchups for this weekend against the yeah, Mets. Yeah, looks yeah. awesome. Oh, man. Quantrill against Carrasco on Friday. Oh, Carrasco's coming off the DL, yeah, huh? Yeah, Bybee against Scherzer on Saturday. Love and, that. and Bieber against Verlander on Sunday. That's fun. Those this, are some big-time pitching matchups. That's a fun weekend, yeah. That, listen, the Guardians might get four runs the whole series. Well, <laughs> the Mets aren't four pitching that well. <laughs> First of all, Carrasco's coming off. The Mets aren't playing. The Mets are a bigger disappointment than the Guardians with their payroll. They got the biggest payroll in baseball. They're not playing well. They had a nice win yesterday. They came back, but... Uh, Verlander and Scherzer haven't been good. Verlander was hurt. He Scherzer. just came off the deal. Hey. Yeah. And Carrasco hasn't pitched. He's just coming off the DL to make this stuff. It's, it's so funny. I mean, they're only four games out as bad as they've played. Nobody's good in this division. The division is – this may be the worst division I've ever seen right now. It's pretty bad. I mean, let's wait and see. The Tigers? Yeah. The Tigers are playing really well. They were – because they were like 10 games under 500 at one point. Oh, my God. And all their top young pitchers are hurt. And they're right. still three games yeah. under. Yeah, this ain't the year, boys. I, I, I will follow it along, but right now, if Tito can get this team over the over the finish line and win this division, they are. That's, they that's are, a great job. Give or take a couple of games, they're right where they always are at this that's point right. in the season. It's that's the right. exact same record they had at this yeah. point. Yeah, I last bet you they're in first by September one. I'm saying it right that's now. That's a long, <laughs> a long said, time. It's a long time. He, he said it was like I bet you they're in first by June first. <laughs> I'm like, no, September, September along, that's the way away, bro. Yeah. Right around the corner, man. Yeah. All right, Cecil Short's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Should be yeah. here any second. As soon as he pops in the queue, I will put him up and we will talk. But, hey, Bull, yeah. you sent us something a little earlier about Ryan Day. Yeah. And Ooh. a comment Kirk Herbstreet made regarding Ryan Day that I know you wanted to get into. Do you want to tease that real quick and tee so, it up? And we'll do it after Cecil. Okay, is Cecil just about to come on? Or sh- He's, he said eleven thirty-five. So any minute he should pop right, up here. All right. So I saw this, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll mention that I saw this. Uh, ben Axelrod, who works upstairs for WKYC, quote retweeted this. I don't know who Dave Briggs is, who initially said Toledo that. Blade columnist. Oh, okay. Very good. Good job out of you. Okay. Uh, well, that Street- is kind of my world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you. He verifies if this guy's a hack or not. <laughs> Herb Street referred to a small percentage of crazy Buckeyes fans as, quote, the lunatic fringe. He said the 15 percenters, they get mad at anything. That percent is going to be mad at, at something always. They could win the Michigan game, go to the playoffs and lose, and they'll be mad about that. Should they we, should be mad about should it. Should we be happy if they lose? I'll be telling y'all. Should well, How should fans feel if they I'll lose in the tell- playoffs? Should they These be celebrating? There's so many people out here that really be cashing checks. He <laughs> went on to say, the group is just a bunch of jackasses who kind of embarrass all of us as Ohio State fans. So I don't really care, honestly, what that group thinks. But the people who matter, the logical people who actually have a brain and understand the sport, they love what Ryan Day has done. The fact that this is even a topic is almost comical. This is in reference to the talk of Ryan Day possibly being fired. And we're going to talk about that. We'll get to that in a later. Sec after, but we but have an esteemed guest shorts. joining us now. And he's Cleveland brought to us zone. by the USFL family friendly fun for everyone for less than $10. Check him out at USFL.com. And joining the show now, former NFL wide receiver, friend of our own Earl of Pearl. It is Cecil Shorts. What's up, Cecil? What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Cecil, how you been, man? What's going on with you? much man living the dream uh trying to keep these kids in order at the school i work at it's, it's some craziness <laughs> but well, what, uh, everything's so good what is it that you are doing now tell us about this 
Okay, so uh, I'm the dean of students over at uh, Second Baptist Middle School. Um, so it's like a, one of the assistant principals, uh, basically in charge of discipline, right? So all the behavior issues, um, I'm the one that kind of settles it and talks to the parents and kind of keeps the kids in line. And then uh, also I do some stuff for the Texans now. So I'm like the, in, I guess, in-stadium MC for the Texans. So all the home games, I'm on, on the field doing all the entertainment. And then um, from time to time, I'll go in the studio and do some uh, analyst work with the Texans, talking football and stuff like that. So staying busy. Tell us about our guy Earl. I mean, we know Earl now for a while now, but what was he like in high school? <laughs> Earl, you know, it's funny. Earl loves sports. So we really would talk about sports 100% of the time. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty cool that he's able to, uh, you know, finally get to where he's at now. Um, he's worked hard, man. I'm so proud of him, honestly. Um, this is a really good dude, man. Like, genuine guy. Always been a very genuine guy uh, from the time I met him, I guess, in ninth grade up until now. So he's one of, he's one of my guys for sure. You know, you know, Cecil, um, you know, I, I, I always talk about it and, and I look at it. There's a lot of players that, that reach out to me and talk to me about, you know, how was the transition from football to, to regular life? Um, how has that transition been for you um, in terms of maybe, uh, you know, your body, your the mental state, how you get through it and just just going from a high of being like, hey, I'm on the I'm at the top of the food chain. I'm, I'm playing, I, you know, I'm a wide receiver in the NFL <clears throat> to then not doing that anymore. And then, you know, reacclimating yourself into what I call basic society. That's a great question. So if I'm completely honest and vulnerable, uh, I struggled, like I struggled big time. It was a hard transition for me, partly because I ended my career through an injury, right? Mm -hmm. So I was always told you in, like you, you're done playing football three ways. You are uh, retiring on your own, which very few people get to do, very selective few people get to do, right? You get cut or you get hurt. And I fell in the category of getting hurt. December 4th, 2016, um, I caught a pass over the middle. I was playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I caught a pass over the middle of the field, thinking nobody was around me. The safety came out of nowhere, took my knee out. And then that was it. Seven surgeries later, um, tore everything in my knee. I was stuck in California after that injury for uh, just about a month. Um, and that, from that point on, because my goal was always play double-digit years. Like, you get 10 years from a D3 school, nobody ever, you know, whatever. That, that was my year. That, that was my goal. So to not reach 10 um, and to end the way it did out of my control, it was hard for me to accept that. It was hard for me to deal with it. Um, I literally had seven surgeries and they were staged. So we went from ACL and MC and meniscus and a couple of scopes and then LCL and PCL and all the other stuff. And going through that process, when you go through rehab, you start your rehab all over again. So I will make strides, and then I got to start over. I'll make strides, and I got to start over. And that put me, if I'm honest, I was depressed. Mm. I did it that way. I didn't want to do the same rehab I've been doing for months and years. Um, I was so caught up in the identity of being a football player, right, and being recognized for that, right? My whole life, I was an underdog. My whole life, I had to fight and claw. Went to a Division three school, went to Collinwood. Um, this wasn't always well-known. So finally, the recognition for your hard work Kind of like a drug, kind of like a, you know, you want people to recognize you for that. So when I 
had to retire, was forced to retire, and the, and the doctor said, we're not letting you play football anymore. I'm like, I had wow. to figure out who I was. I had to figure out who Cecil was, right? And, and my, what's, what's my hobbies and my likes? Um, where, where are my interests? Hey, I got, you got a wife and kids you got to take care of. You know what I mean? You have uh, other things that you are besides a football player. Um, so it took a while for me to figure that out. And I, I was in a dark place, if I'm being honest. Um, I had, I am in therapy. Um, and this is Mental Awareness Health Month, right? So it was a perfect time for plug for it. But I am in therapy consistently for years now. And, and I'm a hundred times better than where I was um, being able to, being able to uh, communicate how I feel, being able to uh, truly feel how I feel. And then when these feelings come up, Okay, what's the healthy way to go? What's the healthy way to cope with these things, right? Um, but it's hard, man. For me, it was hard. And I think it's hard for a lot of former players. But the issue is we don't talk about it. The issue is we just deal with it internally. And that's where you see, and I'll be honest with you, I get so scared every time I see a guy that is committing suicide or is doing something that's not his normal behavior. Um, you see all the time guys in the news, guys – uh, killing other people than killing themselves or doing something harmful to somebody else or just acting like uh, out of their normal. And to me, um, yes, it's, it's ramifications from possibly some C going on in the head with, you know, constantly getting hit, but also because as a uh, NFL community, former players, we don't talk enough to each other about what we're going through. And honestly, that's men in general, not all men. I don't want to, but that's men in general. We don't talk about it. We got to be tough. We got to be strong. We got to push through. Man, we need to learn to open up. And that's what I'm learning. Open up and communicate. Hey, this is what I'm going through. I need help. <laughs> like if, I, if I'm sick, I go to a doctor. If, if, if I got a, a tooth problem, I go to the dentist. So if I'm struggling with some things, why don't I go talk to somebody about it? Um, so that, that was a whole process for me. And I'm still working through it. I'm still working through it. I'm still trying to uh, I'm not perfect, but I am a hundred times better than what what I was. So I don't know if I answered your question. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's a great answer. <laughs> I always ask that because, just from my standpoint, I came from a Mac school, and you know I had 17 surgeries. You know I tore my ACL in both my knees. I've had back surgery. I, you know, I've had neck surgery um, once or twice, mm. and, and I still have to, and I still deal with herniated discs that can't be operated on. Yeah. So you know you know yep. about the. the waking up and somebody say, well, how do you feel? And you're like, well, I'm always in some sort of pain. It's always a three, but you can't yep. go around telling people you hurt every day because they look at you like you're crazy. So you kind of keep it in and you're supposed to be tough and, and, and but the, the football to, is an identity. And sometimes that identity becomes so big that it kind of just wears on you and wears on you. And instead of being something that you did, it became everything that you are. And sometimes, like you said, yep. if you don't talk to people, and I'll ask every athlete about that when they come on here because, you know, instead of talking about the games, it's like, let's talk about, like, okay, how you doing, you moving, and um, and, and how you transition into, I call, real life. So, yeah, that, you know, that's the reason I asked that question, man, but I appreciate your answer. Well, number one, I appreciate you asking, right? That's a really big deal. Um, and number two, you're right. Nobody wants to hear that you hurt every day. Like nobody, nobody wants to be like, hey, yeah, my knee is killing me. Like people just say all the time, older, older people when I was uh, younger. Yeah, I know it's about to rain today. My knee's aching. Yep. That, that's that's the real thing. Facts. I, feel. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I got certain joints going on. I'm like, oh, it must be cooler outside. Let me put, put this hoodie on. Or it must be, you can feel it, right? 
one thing I learned, like nobody as the, I went to the best doctors available. Can nobody fix you how God made you? <laughs> so for cool. me, no matter what's going on, man, um, you know, I, mentally, I had to change mindset about how I feel. So every day I wake up, oh, my back, my this, my up, uh, boom, boom, boom. But I'm like, no, let me change how I think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in pain, but let me go work out. Let me go figure out what helps me feel better, right? And really change my mindset about how I view myself. I only get one body. So if I view my body in a negative way, mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to react in a negative way. But if I view my body in a positive way, right? Okay, look, I, I got to play seven years in the NFL. That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm banged up from it, but you know what? I got. I took a lot from it, and I'm going to live my life accordingly. If I'm hurting, I'm going to tend to it, but I'm not going to dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Right. So just trying to stay positive about it. And it's a battle, but I, I know noticed that for me, that helped me tremendously, literally changing my mindset of how I view myself and how I feel about myself. See, so does the league offer any sort of transition program or anything in terms of when you're leaving the league or is it just thanks? You're out the door yeah. figure it out on your own. There is no transition program. Um, there's nothing called that. Now, there's there's programs that they try to give you throughout the time that you're in the league uh, to help you try to find something outside of football that you're interested in, right? But there's no program set up for the transition alone. Hmm. And I think something we have to figure out and have to do. Now, they set you up. I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. They do a decent job of giving you resources, but at 21, 22, 23, and beyond, or if you're a guy that's not, a superstar, your focus is trying to make the team. Like you're 100% focused on trying to prove that you belong on that particular team that you're in, right? That you're on, excuse me. So a lot of the resources, I think, gets overlooked or passed by or forgotten about because the main focus is football or that particular sport, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I think even 401ks, even when you look at uh, different internships and resources that the NFL does provide for you, opportunities for you. Uh, we don't take enough advantage of all the resources because we're focused on that particular one thing, which is the main thing is making the team, mm -hmm. right? It was hard for a lot of guys and, and guys are getting better at it now, um, but it's hard for a lot of guys to balance football or their particular sport and then their interests outside of sports. I think now, it's a great time that you're seeing a lot of guys doing it, right? LeBron's probably leading the charge in that, doing an exceptional job of being able to do everything around um, or do multiple things at once or putting the people in place to help them do it, right? Um, but, again, LeBron was is one of a kind. What about the average Joe? What about the average the average guy in the locker room? It, it, it's just hard, man. It, it's hard to balance. But to answer your question, no, there is no transition program, um, but there are resources at the NFL does have in place to help us with the transition, whether it's therapy, you get free free doctors, free therapists, um, multiple internships and things. They do try to reach out to former players and get stuff done. But as far as transitioning, that transition, that struggle, uh, uh, no. Let's send it to Earl for the next question. Go ahead, Earl. Earl the Pearl. Brother, what's good, man? What's going on? What's going on? So listen, me and you talk a lot off the record, but I would love for you to share with people. Me and you both know you was a beast. Like you was one of the greatest athletes that I've ever seen. But unfortunately, we was not that good of a football team at Collinwood. 
We all yeah. know that you could have went to Glenville, been a star, and played D1 and had an easier route to the NFL. What's your message to the young men that's playing ball now that might not play for the greatest high school program and might not get the opportunity to play D1 ball, but they still got NFL aspirations? I, I, I would say a few things. Um, and I had, to, I had to work through this. The first thing is never compare your journey to somebody else's. Right, everybody's journey to success looks different. So if I compare my journey to my journey to where I got to somebody else's at that point in time, I'm like, I went to a D3 school. I went to, uh, you know, I didn't go to Ohio State or Michigan. That could take me off of what my path, what what my path has for me. Uh, secondly, so the first one, never compare your journey to somebody else. Everybody's path to success is different. Secondly, if you get a chance to play college sports at any level and you don't do it, you're silly. That, that, that's just my opinion. If you love the sport, if you love the sport and you don't get it and you don't take advantage of that opportunity, you're silly. Oh, it's not D1, um, it's, it's not worth it. That's not true. The relationships you're gonna build. I'm telling you what, when you're done playing, you are done. <laughs> like, you are done. There is no coming back from it. You are done. So if you get a chance and opportunity to play four or five more years at a sport that you love, please take advantage of it, y'all. Please. That's something you cannot get back. And the memories, the relationships, the people you're going to meet, the, 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 the built-in adversity you have to work through and learn. You're growing as a human. It's so much that you learn through sports. Um, if you don't take advantage, you're losing out in my opinion. If you love it if you truly love it now as far as going to a smaller school and trying to make uh the professional ranks you can't just be good you can't you can't just be all conference you can't just be have a good year you have to dominate that particular level you have to prove that you don't belong at that level because there's going to be guys at ohio state that never play a lick at ohio state ever but because they're on the football team and have a scholarship and probably was a star or whatever one, two, three, four star, five star guy, they'll get a look at the league before you will because they're at Ohio State. Yeah. They probably have the size, the stature, the speed, whatever it is. So if you're at a smaller school, a D2, a D3, you truly have to dominate your level and prove every Saturday that you don't belong at this level. So it can't just be, oh, you have a good game, I scored a touchdown. You have to truly prove you don't belong. My senior year, and this may sound silly, but my senior year, actually my junior year i saw okay this is easy for me right this is easy for me i think i had like 1700 yards receiving 23 touchdowns whatever it was just it was easy for me. we won that's a championship i'm like good we're good to go but i'm like for me to get serious looks i gotta do something crazy every saturday like my goal literally was 125 yards and two touchdowns every single saturday and if i didn't get that i was upset and whoever i played next they was gonna feel it that that, that was just yeah. my mindset right now it wasn't it wasn't, I'm not saying that to, to brag, I didn't always do that, but that was the mindset I had to have to get looked at at that level, because they're looking for exceptional. It's only 15, 1,600 people in the world that play in the NFL. So how can I crack that 15, 1,600, right? At one point, I'm like, you know what, this game, I'm not gonna get tackled. <laughs> like, just trying to do silly stuff, crazy stuff, right? But I'm like, hey, I gotta prove that I don't belong at this level. My dad told me that a long time ago. He was like, if you wanna make the league from Division Three. You can do it. They'll find. 
but you got to prove you don't belong. You have to dominate. You can't just be good. You got to dominate. And for those who don't know, at Division Three, they only play 10 regular season games, so it's less games. So when you're putting up those big stats, that's on less games compared to Division One, where they're playing 12, you're playing a bowl game. You go to the playoffs, obviously you got more games. Plus, the numbers you're talking about, like for fans who are used to watching Ohio State, like at Ohio State, you may think, well, you know, guys get those numbers. But at Division Three, nobody puts up those numbers. Uh, trust me. I called eight years of Division Three college football play-by-play. There's no – if a kid um, – I did four years for Brockport, which was a pretty good program, not an amazing program. Certainly not Mount Union, but it was a good program. We went set six, seven, eight games a lot of times. And then I worked for a, a, a smaller school, Utica, which is now decent, but at the time they were just starting. And if we had a kid do that one week, I'd be like, my God, he had a 100-yard game. To be to, For that to be the goal every week is crazy – and Cecil's right. And there are very few Division three players in the NFL, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't happen. Do you think Do you think Pierre Garçon's success helped grease the wheels for you? Oh, absolutely. The yeah. NFL is a copycat league, right? Yeah. So when Pierre got drafted, he went sixth round to the Colts. That kind of opened my eyes up like, hey, you can get drafted from a Division three school. All right, cool. And let me start putting the work in, right? But – I think his rookie year, he didn't do much. But his second year, he took off. He had like 700 yards uh, with Peyton Manning and the Colts. And they went to the Super Bowl. So it was Reggie Wayne. Might have been the end of Marvin Harrison. And then Pierre Garçon, right? Uh, maybe Anthony Gonzalez was there. But he was making plays after play after play. And they're like, who is this kid? Where has he come from? They're like, oh, Mount Union. So they, like I said, the NFL is a copycat league. So that his success, they came back and looked. Like, Let's see where else came from that fountain. let's go back to that journey and see what else we can pull out from it. And I happened to be chasing all of his records and trying to um, break everything he was doing and just have a successful career. Um, So his success was huge when it came came to me. Better, the more he did and the longer he played, the more opportunity I got. Um, So yeah, a lot of my uh, attention for sure came because of Pierre Garcia. I I say that all the time. He is the guy for me that set the standard Every day I practice when I play with him, um, the approach to the game, how physical he was, how much of a dog he was. He took blocking seriously. You don't you don't hear that a lot from receivers. Yep. But if you watch his career with the Colts, the Redskins, the 49ers, he was a dog. So his success okay. definitely helped me even get looked at and mentioned. And I went fourth round because he went sixth round. That makes sense. You know, you know Cecil, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, obviously, with you know things like Job Morant are in the news. With you being a dean of students, and with you working with um, you know individuals, young people who have behavioral problems, um, what are some of the some of the things that you you are seeing uh, with the youth now, and and how they're moving, and, and in terms of how that translates to younger players that played in the league, like Job Morant or other guys. We got a guy at Perion Winfrey who is in a little bit of legal trouble. Um, what are you seeing at that level? What are you? What are some things that you guys are, are finding out and trying to do at that level um, that may affect players when they get older, um, so that they don't have some of the same things going on, like a job Morant, where it just seems like they're not being uh, aware of some of the pitfalls that could come to to athletes, even if you have money. I tell you what, the biggest thing we see, and I think this is 
across the board of the generation now is entitlement. They feel like they're entitled to get, be given whatever it is, right? And I'm like, I come from a world, I come from Cleveland, Ohio. I literally had to time for every single thing that I wanted. I watched my parents grind for everything. Everybody in the community was grinding. It, it just was a different mindset, right? Now everybody wants to post a workout. Oh, look, I'm working hard and, you know, put it on Instagram, doing this and that. In reality, you're really not. You're spending more time editing the video than you are working on your game. You're spending time, you know, editing the video more than you are really practicing, right? So I think the biggest thing is entitlement. They feel like they deserve everything instead of going to earn the stuff. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's this generation of kids. And I'm going to say something different, and people may not agree. I think it's this generation of parents mm -hmm. because they are influencing the kids. Mm. They are overprotective or uh, not watching them at all, or whatever the case may be, right? They are the ones impacting their children, whether they realize it or not. The kids got to learn from somewhere. And a lot of the times, it's the lack that at home or whatever you're giving at home, right? It's the parents that are changing, the parenting that is changing. And that's affecting the kids, if that makes sense. So the biggest thing for me is entitlement. It's it's sad almost. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be honest, in my school, I'm, I'm at a really good school. So I don't see tons of uh, issues. But when they do pop up and you do see it, I, and I used to train a bunch of kids before I started getting the education. Just the entitlement. It's 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 almost mind blowing what they you they how their mindset is. They just expect it. Just expect certain things. Even even certain parents. Uh, well, why isn't my son starting? Why isn't my son playing? He doesn't play this position. Uh, Ma'am, I, I know how good or not good your son is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just like, not that good. Like, I'm just gonna keep it real. Like, he just, just he working on he some stuff. He's not that good. <laughs> he's just not that good, right? Let's like let's just be real. Like they they expect us to give their pain, uh, give their kids stuff. Like, no, he needs to earn it. He wants to start in position. Let's go earn it. Somebody else starting right now. Okay, so what are you, what, how are you separating yourself? How are you grinding to go get it? How are you making yourself different? You know what I mean? It's not always physical. Sometimes it's mental. Like, how are you mentally? Like, for me, I was never the fastest, the most strong guy, the fastest runner, the, the highest jumper. But as I started playing the league, I started understanding the game better. Like, that's, that's where I stood out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, I know where I need to be at the right time and how I'm going to get there. All right, it's, it's cover three on third. No, third and three. And on uh, on third down, this defense is going to run a cover zero. They're blitzing. I know I'm hot. It's a mental game, right? So even as a kid, mentally, if we're teaching our children to be entitled and babying them and making them uh, – I don't care – making them soft. <laughs> <laughs> Their mentality growing up is different. So I look at Ja, who, in my opinion, uh, what's his name? Demetrius. He is trying to emulate something he's not. Yeah. And whatever that is, right? I I, I don't know, but I, I that I see such a talented guy risk it all over doing something so silly it's not about owning the gun if you own the gun is legal you're perfectly fine right it's about you being nonchalant with it mm. it's about you on instagram acting crazy with it 
that's it's, it's blowing it off like you're some I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just confused by the mindset, right? If I had to, if I was a two hundred million dollar athlete, I'm not holding a gun. Somebody else is gonna hold the gun for me. I'm gonna have security. Like the mindset's different, right? Like I'm not gonna be walking around floating a gun on Instagram. You don't need to do that. You're a two hundred million dollar athlete. What do you to prove, right? And, and to me, there's a lot of examples in the league. You look at LeBron. You look at Steph Curry. You look at uh, this different guys around the league that are doing the right thing. Okay, if basketball, you're 23 years old, you got other interests, let's let's go out and, and figure out other interests that you can make in or put your family up or something you can dive into. Maybe you love the arts, maybe you, uh, whatever it is, right? But to be on Instagram where other kids are watching, where other people are looking up to you and to be doing something silly after, this, like doing it twice. And this is my thing too. I heard somebody say it. He getting himself caught. It ain't like TMZ hunting him down. It ain't like ESPN's <laughs> out there following him around. It's himself. Yeah, he's putting out there it's himself. <laughs> like, how silly can we be? And I'm and I'm and I'm, I battle with Ja because I'm like, I was 23 <laughs> once. I did silly stuff, right? I did bless you. I did stuff that I probably, <laughs> I did stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing. But at one point, are the people around me gonna hold me accountable? At what point, if they are holding me accountable, am I going to listen? Or, I'll be honest with you, if, 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 if say that was Earl, right? And me and Earl, and I'm in Earl's crew. I'm going to call Earl out. You tripping right now. We don't need to be in the club house drinking all the wine or champagne, whatever. Like, we don't need to be doing that and put it on Instagram. Yeah. Or if you, if you are doing that, don't post it. Yeah. Give me your phone. <laughs> Give me yeah. your phone, put it in your pocket. It yeah. just, it makes we're older. We're, I don't want to judge him, right? I don't want to judge him, but I do want to hold him accountable for his actions. Because he is 23 years old and a man, yep. and he knows what he should be doing and what he shouldn't be doing. So at this point in your stage, and you, and you are a two million hundred, two hundred million dollar athlete, you got to move differently, man. You have to learn this. And the thing is, I'm hoping they come down hard on him. I'm hoping they do. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping oh, it's a will. 40, 50, 60 game suspension to open his eyes up. Right. Hey, you could lose it all. But I say that because he's only 23. So he's still got his whole life ahead of him yep. that he can improve. And this can be a great comeback story. But it's frustrating. Yeah. It's hey, frustrating. before we uh, before we get out of here, I got to ask you about the game in Cleveland, the game-winning touchdown catch for you. <laughs> what was that like? Mm. Was it at all bittersweet that you were driving the knife into the heart of the Browns? Or was it just, no, it was just a, a childhood moment come true for you to make a game-winning catch in that stadium? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Man, it was a it was honestly a childhood moment uh, coming true. I think uh, I was so pumped going into the game, right? I'm like, I'm playing the Browns. They ain't draft me. They ain't meet with me. They ain't want to do nothing with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I grew up watching the Browns. I'm still a Browns fan. It's all about the Guardians, the Cats, everything Browns, right? Everything Cleveland. That's how we are. We root for our teams, Ohio State, everything. So 
when it happened, I actually was having a rough game. I think I dropped two passes. One of them, I was wide open. I beat Joe Hayden on the in route, and I turned my head and looked before I caught it because I was excited to run. Then I dropped it, and I'm like, oh, you're home. What are you doing? You got to turn up. You got to show out. And then another pass I dropped, like a quick screen. I was, again, trying to run before I caught it. So I was, I was mad, and I was frustrated. I'll never forget my Uncle Kevin came down from the stands. I don't know what section he was in. <laughs> When he came down from the stands all the way down behind the bench, and he cussed me out and said, you better get your blah, blah, blah together. In the middle of the game? Oh, in the middle of the game. You know you can play better than this moment. And I turned, I'm like, I got you. I got you. Yep, you're right. I got you. And then uh, the game went on and got better for me. But we knew Joe was going to jump everything. Like, we knew how aggressive he was. So just just a matter of me selling that particular route, whatever it was, we knew double moves, just kind of debating on when. Um, but when it happened and the moment that it happened then, it was nuts, man. Like, you couldn't draw up something better. And you know what I mean? It was nowadays in social media, when I was growing up, and Earl noticed, we used to, the plain dealer was the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Right? The plain dealer was the biggest thing. Was high school, whatever. We used to be in class reading the plain dealer about, you know, who was player of the week this week or your stats up or who's doing this over there. So to wake up the next day, my dad sent me a picture of the plane dealer, and it says the hometown villain. <laughs> wow! Like, you, you couldn't you couldn't that's write nothing fire. better. <laughs> I hope that's framed. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is. It is. By the way, you know what was amazing? That was a wild game because I don't know if you guys remember that. That uh, Josh Gordon had like 250 Nuts. yards in that game, oh, right? Nuts. I remember that game. Oh, he went crazy. I think he had like a 90-yard touchdown and like. Yeah. That yeah. was a stretch. I don't know if you – because 2013, Josh Gordon had like six, oh, 1,700 yards. But this that, in, that game was in the middle of a stretch. I'll never forget this. He had uh, – the stats are stuck in my brain. Four-game stretch, 776 yards receiving over a four-game stretch in the NFL. Jeez. This is not college football <laughs> where Ohio State's playing the Sisters of the Poor four weeks. This is the NFL. He had 776 <laughs> yards – Double check it if I'm yeah. wrong. I believe he had six touchdowns in those four games. Playing with who? Yeah. Brandon Whedon, I think, was the quarterback, I believe. I mean, that yeah. was he was crazy good. Great. What a shame that his career just kind of fell off a cliff because he was one so second, good. boy. I gotta he say was, this to he was I don't think we ever talked about this. But we a bunch of us was at that game to like support you. Yeah. Man, we had never been so confused. On how to react <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> I remember just looking around at my homies like, so do we just get out of here? Do we just like <laughs> that that's a tr- that's a tough spot. Yeah, that's a tough spot. That's a tough spot. Really you go with your, you go with your boy on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Browns are gonna lose a lot more games after that. You go yeah. with your boy on I that. I still got that paper too. That's right. Uh, that's awesome. Cecil, thanks, man. We're glad you're doing so well. Awesome. Thank you for talking about mental health issues. It's very important. It's great that men, as you said, but especially athletes with all the young kids looking up and they got to see that guys are not scared to talk about mental health. It's it's a serious subject, but it's important that therapy is very important. Kudos to you for talking about it, for doing it, and we wish you the best. Hey, appreciate it, man. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks, All right, man, Cecil. Thanks, buddy. Great Thanks, talking Cecil. to Cecil Shorts, man. He's a great success story from Cleveland. Man. That will he not was. be his last time on here. Yeah. No, he That'll was That would be awesome. my bold prediction. He's yeah. a great He's a great personality. 
I mean, to have a seven-year career, he said he was disappointed, which I get. You yeah, get hurt. Sure. That he didn't play for 10 years. But to go from a Division three school, we, we all know Mount Union is the premier Division three program. Even still, yeah. there's not a lot of Division three guys in the NFL. And to play seven years, like, and he was a good, good player. And a fourth-round pick. A fourth-round pick, that is quite – the average NFL career is three years. Oh, man. And that includes all the first-round picks. Yeah. Three nice. years, quite an accomplishment. Out of all – Great. And he's still we, young. I, I think I'm – he's like 35. We've had a lot of – we've had a yeah. ton of guests on here. A yeah. ton from yeah. top of the food – all over the place. Yeah. That was one of the best interviews – Yeah, he was awesome. That has been on he this was awesome. platform. No doubt. Great, one great having him. Good job by Earl for getting him. We'll have him back on. And Go Earl ahead, said that – so Cecil lives in Houston now, but when he's yeah. back in Cleveland, he asked if he could stop by and uh, come in studio. Yeah, So the answer course. is an obvious yes, Cecil, whenever you want. Open invitation. Yeah. Welcome, open invitation. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.